audio. Another episode of Doc Talk. Today in the studio, we have Dr. Santa Cruz, who is a urologic surgeon as well as the director of robotics at Monument Health. So thank you so much for coming in. It's my pleasure. And before we get into what I think is a very interesting topic, a very exciting topic, which is, of course, the robotics, let's talk about your path to Monument Health. What's your background? What's your journey so far? That's a deep question. I know. Uh, Uh, I'm uh, originally from Miami, Florida. I studied biomedical engineering at the uh, University of Pennsylvania many years ago. And so I've always had an interest in uh, engineering, robotics, and trying to merge that into what I do professionally as a urologic surgeon. Uh, And so when the robot was invented back in the year 2000, which in medicine, that's ancient history, but... uh, (laughs) Here we are 23 years later, We've uh, the company has evolved and, and created four different generations of robots. And I've been fortunate enough in my career to work on all four platforms. And so uh, what brought me to Monument was the opportunity. Uh, when I came here back in May of 2019, there were no urologists in town. We were using fill-in or temporary doctors to keep that service line going, but we didn't have any full-time staff. And I... Uh, joined along with Dr. Anderson uh, together on uh, May 1st of 2019 and helped build the program that we have today. Fantastic. And this is part of our robotic series, and we are speaking specifically about the DaVinci SP. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a great uh, topic for me. Uh, we were fortunate enough uh, at Monument to acquire a single port robot, which is the latest generation robot offered by Intuitive Surgical. Uh, it arrived in uh, mid-July uh, 2023. Okay. And so I went to training in California at their mother ship or the home headquarters and came back and did our first cases in mid-August. And we're up to about 36 or 37 cases now on that robot. Wow, that's moving pretty fast. It's amazing that that has happened this year. Um, Let's talk about the field of urology specifically and how the Da Vinci SP has helped transform that field and what kind of advantages are there? Uh, There's a lot of advantages to the single port robot. The whole concept was to allow us to access smaller areas in the body. If you look at the other generations of robots we've used before, they had four independent arms which had to be inserted into the body with about an eight centimeter or roughly three or four inch gap between them to allow the arms not to be colliding with one another. So in order to place four arms in a row, you had to have about anywhere from about 12 to 15 inches of territory in order to put those four arms. Well, that works for the abdomen, but it doesn't work for other places that we go to like treating the kidney, which can be done accessed through the flank or down near the bladder where the pelvis narrows. So there really wasn't enough room to, to minimally invasively use the robot. So we were having to do a lot of our surgeries through the abdomen instead of going directly at these organs. The, the single port robot fixes all of that. Um, all four robotic arms now come in through one central trocar and that allows us to get into much smaller spaces and also allows me to avoid the abdominal cavity. And that's really a huge advantage. Uh, The main reason for that is because a lot of people have prior surgeries in their abdomen. Let's say they've had a 
their appendix taken out or their gallbladder or they've had a hernia that was fixed. And so a lot of times I was having to work around those prior surgeries just to access a patient's bladder or prostate or kidney. But the new robot, because I can go directly where those organs sit, I don't have to mess with their prior surgical sites or their hernia mesh or any of that. And it makes the operation a bit faster because I'm able to go directly onto the organ. That's amazing. And obviously not something that the common person would think about, but it sounds like there are very specific advantages to using the DaVinci SP. Are there cases most recently that are notable that you think that the DaVinci SP has lent itself to? Very, several cases uh, I've done in the last couple of months that I could not have done with the older robot. Um, There was one uh, patient, in particular a woman in her mid-50s who had a renal tumor, but it was extremely uh, posterior in the back portion of the kidney. And in order to access that, if I was doing it with the older robots, I would have had to come in across the abdomen, which means I would have been coming in at the front of the kidney trying to work on a tumor that was on the back of the kidney. And so I would have had to completely dissect out the kidney and flip it over toward me. I I liken this to operating on something at the front of the closet or at the back of the closet. (laughs) So if you're operating at the front of the closet, you open the door, the thing is right there and you're working on it quickly. But there are times when we're working on the back side of the kidney and instead of working from the front of the closet to get to the back to get something, we just basically made a new hole in the back of the closet and started from the backside and what our target was right in front of us. So by doing that, I was able to really cut down on all the dissecting out I had to do and the uh, additional risk to the patient. Also that patient went home the same day with zero pain, which is not something I was accustomed to seeing uh, with the older robots. I've, I've done approximately 2000 cases now with the Da Vinci robot models over the years. And to me, what's striking about the single port is just the sheer lack of pain that a lot of these patients have. We've had multiple patients come through who are in recovery room saying, did they do the surgery? I I, I couldn't believe it. They were, they were like, weren't sure we'd actually operated on them. They were having such little discomfort, uh, which, you know, feels great as a surgeon, right? I mean, I hate that I hurt people. Yeah. I'm trying to fix a problem, but invariably we cause some pain, right? Some discomfort. We make incisions, we open muscle, we move things out of the way. Those are all things that can cause discomfort, but to have a robot that can access the target organ so directly with such a, you know, small incision, uh, routinely I'm making about a, a four centimeter incision, which is less than two inches. And I'm able to do all these magnificent surgeries, complicated surgeries, you know, removing pieces of kidney, removing the bladder, removing the prostate, all done through these small incisions. It's just uh, very rewarding. That's incredible on the front of pain management as well, just having both you feeling more in control of the surgery and more efficient. And then, of course, the patient, you know, not having to deal with as much pain. And I know that surgery is an animal of its own. There are a lot of challenges and a lot of limitations that even you as a surgeon with all of your years of expertise, you face that on a regular basis. How has the Da Vinci SP helped you navigate those? Well, it's just, it's given me a lot of confidence to take on uh, very difficult cases that in, in the past I would have struggled. It would have taken me hours of dissecting just to get to the spot where I needed to be. And that quickly just going away now because I'm able to put this robot in small spaces that I couldn't get to before. So it just, it's allowed me to expand my repertoire of cases that I can offer, uh, 
to the point now where we generally do not refer any urologic surgeries out of our institution. Um, We don't, I mean, I I haven't sent the patient to Mayo or to Denver in in years since moving here. And that's really my goal is I wanted every resident of the Black Hill area and our surrounding counties and surrounding states that use Monument Health for their advanced care to be able to stay locally and get world-class procedures without having to travel um, you know, ultimately, a hospital is a building, right? It's really the people in it that make the difference. And by coming here, I helped in my own way to elevate uh, our urology department and make make it so that patients can stay here and get anything they need done. Absolutely. I mean, that's invaluable, and I appreciate you saying that. It's very comforting to know that we have an excellent team here. So we've talked about the progress up until this point with robotics, specifically in urology. Where do you see the future going? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Star Trek fan, and I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, you know, I grew up in the era of Star Wars. And, you know, I, I think I always look back to my childhood and say, you know, could I have imagined where we are today with robotics? And I, I don't think I could have. Uh, but I still have this idea that one day robots will be able to scan our bodies themselves and identify anatomy and operate largely independently. I, I think of modern aircraft that fly, have amazing autopilots and can do so much. We have pilots there to help operate those, mach- those systems and to make sure that everything stays according to plan. I think surgery is going to evolve into that eventually. Eventually the computers will be smart enough and dynamic enough that a lot of the surgery steps will be automated and I'll be there as a conductor making sure that nothing goes wrong. You know, I think that's really the future I see is that right now you have a computer that's between the patient and the surgeon, right? right? And so because you have a computer, really the sky's the limits, right? There's really, with a computer you can Imagine one day, uh, for example, operating on a beating heart, right? And the heart's beating and moving, and you can put a marker on that heart. And as the mark moves, the robot could memorize the movement of the heart and then oscillate its hands at the same speed so that the image looks still to the surgeon or to the computer, right? I mean, that's blowing my mind. Right. And eventually that's what's going to happen is, you know, you're going to have that dynamic interaction between the arms and the patient that will allow us to do so many things that we can't do right now, right? A lot of times we have to, you know, stop the heart so that the surgeon can fix the thing because it's moving, right? And otherwise it'd be impossible to so do. Um, But with the robot, you can imagine things like that or taking the imaging from an x-ray, like taking the MRI that they did for a kidney tumor and giving that information to the computer and you put your head in the monitor and the computer tells you right where the mass is, right? Because it's taking that information, it's scanning the body and it's putting them together, fusing them. So this is where the, the future is, is, is that kind of integration between imaging and robotics and the surgeon. And to me, all of that's really in its infancy. Uh, it's, right. There's a lot of very smart companies that are trying to interface with Intuitive, the maker, to get that level up. But I think, you know, sometimes economic forces cause a lag in innovation. You know, of course. So many, if you think about it, like if you liken it to cars, right, you go and buy a, a fancy Mercedes, you don't want the company to change the body style next the next year, right? Because now all of a sudden your car looks dated, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with robots. Like once they, they invest so much money and, and energy into developing this platform, 
you want to let the consumer, like the hospitals, enjoy being at the peak for a while before you, you know, change platforms again. So there's a, there, and there's such a high cost to all of this. I mean, the robots are expensive. The development R&D is expensive. So sometimes the economic forces can stifle or slow down the pace of innovation. But I think that pace is grinding along and is going to continue. And I'm excited. You know, hopefully these things will be available in my career. Okay. But they may not be. Um, you know, I probably have a good, good 15 years more in me, but we'll see. Um, but I, to me, that's the, that's the future, is integration, ticking imaging, real-time movement of the robot with the patient, and, you know, aut- autonomy, uh, the robot automating some of its steps. For example, cleaning off the renal artery, exposing it for me. You know, it can wow. see the artery. It has a real-time ultrasound machine that can be attached to it in the future, and that anatomy is then cleared and shown to you, ready to go, right? Instead of you having to tease through connective tissues and fat to find those organs, the robot does it for you. And I think that's a common misconception for anyone who hasn't, you know, had a robotic surgery or doesn't know anything about it. You are still there. You're not, you know, in another room. You are still performing the surgery. The robot is a tool to do that. Right. Absolutely. We're there. Uh, the, the, robot, the robot mimics our movements. So I put my hands on controls, like I'll call them joysticks. And by manipulating them, I'm able to then control the robot. But yeah, we're, we're responsible for all, the, all its movements, uh, where we put the arms, all that kind of stuff. It, it falls on the surgeon. I think, you know, the technology is there actually to operate remotely. Um, I could get on a console and there's a network plug on the back of it, and we could hook that up to any robot in the world. But the culture is not there, right? People Absolutely. don't want their surgeon 2,000 miles <laughs> in away. In Aruba, right, on a beach, exactly. you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I want my pajamas on at home, and I'd be operating, and you know, it would be a good surgery, I, th- I think. Yeah. But the culture is not there, right? The culture is lagged. People want your surgeon in the room, and the medical centers want you in the room That's for all fair. sorts of reasons, for liability and for... And just it just makes sense, right? I mean, but the technology's outpaced our our culture here a little okay. bit. They, we could operate remotely. Uh, we have sets setups where there's two consoles operating one robot, so two different surgeons can take turns, and that's really useful in the teaching setting uh, at university hospitals where you have a resident and an attending, and the resident is doing a portion of the procedure, and then the professor may say, "Hey, wait a minute, let me take over this spot." and they can click between consoles. So they don't have to get up out of the chair, they're just toggling the control between two different uh, you know, consoles. And so that's already out, and that's already uh, out there. And also, you know, we also have um, training modules and, and like sort of a platform to practice, uh, and that, those simulators are also getting more robust all the time. So now we're gonna have great simulators to like take out a piece of a kidney or to remove a prostate, and it's gonna be very, much like flight simulators for pilots, we're going to have surgical simulators, which is a great way to learn uh, surgery rather than the old-fashioned way, which was, I won't say practicing, but, you know, you operate on people, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you have to learn somehow. And But having the access to those kind of complex uh, simulators is going to make, make all that safer yeah. for patients. And, and then with your experience specifically, are there specific urologic conditions that well lend themselves, thank you, um, that lend themselves well to using robotics specifically? Well, I think we were lucky in urology. We were sort of one of the pioneer 
disciplines to incorporate robotics. Uh, and it's because we have a lot of complicated surgeries that are done in small spaces. If you think about where the human, how the human pelvis is, where the kidneys are, you know, they're not easy to get to. Uh, they're not in your, the front of your belly like your gallbladder is or your small bowel. So you have to really work to get to those spaces. And so we were lucky that the robot allowed us to do that. Um, really, there's, there's no surgery in urology that doesn't have some benefits from robotics. So any kind of prostate or bladder surgery, any kind of kidney surgery, um, all that can be done much better with robotics than it could be through open surgery or using our fingers like I okay. when I started learning. Um, but I think we're still evolving. I think there's going to be applications that uh, come up in the future that we don't use the robot for right now that we're going to incorporate robotics. I can say from my own practice, I've started using the robot now to do vasectomy reversals. So someone comes in and, and wants to have children again. Maybe they're in a new marriage or or they've changed their mind and they've had a vasectomy in the past. Uh, we can take the robot now, and I've done a few of these successfully here at Monument. I've wow. been able to use the robot with very fine, micro, very, very tiny needle drivers, and we're able to sew the vas back to itself using suture that's like a human hair. Uh, we oh call it goodness. nino or tenno sutures. If I try to do that freehand, it used to take me six or seven hours to do it with an operating telescope, and I'm averaging about two and a half hours with the robot. That's fantastic. It was largely because it was so difficult to sew those small things together with a human hand. And no matter how good a surgeon you are, if you put your hands under magnification, they shake a little bit. There's a little bit of tremor, right? And all of us have it in our motion. And, and if you magnify it and now you're trying to operate with very small needles, it, it becomes laborious. A lot of times, you know, you put a stitch in and you don't like how it looks. So you pull it out and start over. But I can tell you with the robot, uh, all that fine tremor goes away. The robot doesn't transmit the tremor to the instruments. Oh, okay. So my hand might be quivering a little bit, but on the other end, it's smooth as glass, right? And so be because of that, I'm able to sew much more precisely and confidently with these very fine sutures. And it makes a huge difference in terms of the time. So walk me through the different types of procedures you can use the DaVinci SP for. Well, essentially, all of the procedures we could do with the prior robots, which is called the XI now, um, we can do with the SP. There's only two in particular. One is called the sacrocopalpexy, which is an operation done to repair uh, prolapse. So this is what we call pelvic pro relaxation or uh, pelvic organ prolapse. So basically, if a woman comes in and her uterus is dropping into her vagina or her bladder is dropping, uh, we're able to repair that now with the robot. That does not have a specific FDA approval for the single port, so we still have to use the XI robot for that type of procedure. But essentially, all the other things we might do using the robot, which includes removing part of the kidney, which is called a partial nephrectomy, removing the whole kidney, which is called a total nephrectomy, that can be done with the single port. Um, we can do radical prostate surgery for prostate cancer with the single port. We can also do a BPH procedure. So this is a procedure for en enlargement of the prostate, not cancer-related, but just benign growth that occurs over the years. And the growth becomes so uh, impactful that the patient then can't urinate well. We're able to remove a large portion of the prostate with the robot uh, very nicely with the single port. Uh, we don't have to go into the abdomen to do that. We put the trocar straight into the bladder, and we're looking at the prostate. It's really amazing. It's called transvesical surgery, which means we're going through the bladder 
to get to the organ, not the abdomen, which is totally unique to the single port, cannot be done really with the other robot models. Uh, and then certainly we can do uh, all sorts of, um, you know, ureteral repairs and, and other things that might need to get done for people that have problems with the, the kidney tubes. Uh, so th these are just kind of touching on some of the things that we, that uh, really make the SP shine over the uh, more traditional XI robot. So I know that fiddliness is not a medical term, but would you consider that one of the considerations that go into using or considering whether or not to use robotics in a surgery or a procedure? Yeah, I think uh, sort of the idea that our hands aren't always steady, I, I think you know a lot of that sort of gets, when we're in medical school, we kind of figure out pretty early on like what we're gonna do in our careers. And some people have an aptitude for sewing and for the stress of the operating environment and other medical students don't and they sort of gravitate toward fields where sewing isn't part of their profession right like if you're uh you know doing let's say uh neurology right as a specialty or maybe even pediatrics to some degree you're not really sewing a lot you're kind of right. more managing patients making decisions looking at scans things like this so uh, you know for us some of that some of that process takes out people that sort of don't have that dexterity. For sure. Uh, but then once you get to your specialty, I always tell patients and anyone that asks me, the robot doesn't make me a great surgeon. It makes me a better surgeon, right? Absolutely. It makes It allows me to be more precise with how I'm sewing. I'm 52 years old now. My eyes aren't as good as they were 10 years ago. I wear corrective lenses and I'm back to 2020, but I'm operating with 10 times mag with that robot. I mean, I can see structures I would never see with my own eyes. I'm seeing detail that I wouldn't pick up with my own eyes. So having that in front of me, when I put my head in that chamber, it's like an IMAX theater. I'm seeing wall-to-wall -wall video. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. You almost forget after a while that you're on a console. You, f you feel like you've been miniaturized and placed in the abdomen. And you're seeing all these organs around you and you kind of feel like you're in the environment. And that is just a tremendous uh, advantage of using robots. I wouldn't uh, have thought surgery. it would be that immersive. That's fascinating. And just, Absolutely, yeah. Wow. It, it's amazing. Like, I, you know, you, you just you get so in touch with, you start to see beyond what you're looking at. You know, you can kind of get a sense of three dimensions when you're in there, which is really just amazing. I, I, I look back to, you know, I, I'm not that old, but I finished, I started my medical training in 1998 with residency. And uh, if I think back to how we were operating then, we used to make huge incisions put these big metal rings on top of people called retractors and put these blades in there. And all that was just to get our hands inside so we could wow. get to the target organ. We did all that damage to the body just to get access to what we were trying to fix. And now all that's gone away because with the robot, you're making tiny incisions to get the same access to the organ that we were struggling to get all those years ago. That's incredible. And for people like me, it's just a wild, I have this image in my head and I'm like, this is, I'm sure what this robot looks like that's helped save countless lives. But if people would like to come see it up close and personal, I know that the second weekend of the Black Hills Stock Show, February 2nd and 3rd, um, the demo SP robot will be there at the Monument Health booth. So if anyone wants to come check it out, see what all the craze about is about, then um, it'll be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be there. If not me, uh, one of my partners will be there that's uh, being trained on the device. But we'll have representation from urology there. And uh, it would be fun to take the 
you know, public, uh, have them sit down and see what we see. Uh, we'll have the robot. We'll have a little um, model or something that we can operate on so they can move the arms Ooh, and cool. see them, how, how they mimic or mirror the movements of uh, the surgeon, whoever's operating the console. And we'll have some representatives, I believe, from the company as well who are great at answering questions about how it all works. Um, you know, there's different components to it, the vision cart, the surgeon console, and the actual patient cart where the arms attach to the patient. So that's the interface between robot and patient. But yes, absolutely. It's always fun to take people through this and to show them the technology. And, uh, you know, I can honestly tell you, uh, when you go to intuitive headquarters now, they have a, when you walk in the front door, there's like basically a museum of all their old products. And it's really great to see the timeline, you know, 1996 was their first iteration. And then you can go through till today and you can see all the minor adjustments and improvements that have uh, taken place over that time. Dr. Santa Cruz, thank you so much for coming into the studio as part of our robotic series. It's another Doc Talk. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.